getting restless. We're going to talk about nomads uh, getting restless and ready, maybe even more than ready to travel. Not quite, but we'll talk about that in types and loose ends in podcast 1104, the Bob Davis podcast. I don't even think having a wonderful meditative spot in a garden would do me any good right now because I'm starting to get restless. But if you are thinking about uh, updating your garden, we're getting later in the year. Most of you who have gardens have uh, already done the do and you might need some advice. Or you've got a corporate situation, maybe you just bought a piece of property or you have a new apartment building, want to do some landscaping or just uh, took over a restaurant and want to update things a little bit. Don't forget GardenGurusMN.com. They can help you with it. They have great rates. They will tell you why their rates are lower and they have some, uh, some good ideas and some good design ideas, and they can really spruce up corporate or residential gardens. And thanks again for sponsoring the Bob Davis Podcast, Garden Gurus MN, GardenGurusMN.com. It is dusk. This is that really, truly golden hour on the lake when it is utterly still every now and then and lately there's been a lot of these although this last weekend we had some pretty uh, great stormy weather uh, which i really enjoy where the truck is rocking and it's raining and i'm worried the trees are going to fall in my head for the most part this spring uh being outside during this whole period of time camping out uh and sitting by the fire every night getting to know this lake in a way like the back of my hand and also having the opportunity to see this lake in a way that most of the other people who live here probably don't because they're up at the house and they might stay out here and have a fire until 10 30 or 11 o'clock and then they go in the house and so sundown is when you'll see people with their uh, pontoons and or jet skis or whatever kind of hitting that water when it's glass smooth and i love this time of the day uh and it, at this time of the year of course the days are the longest especially up north so we look we don't lose the light until uh well i guess really well after 10 30 it'll still be light so it's about i don't know some somewhere around 8 30 p.m right now and uh this water is just beautiful out here it's just utterly smooth and i'm really noticing also the progression of the season now as you know i have been up in wisconsin since around april 1st so i've gone from uh literally two three feet of snow still on the ground down here i wasn't camped out down here because i couldn't get down here to watching sort of spring spring with the trees and everything but it's been great to just kind of observe the change of seasons and now we're now progressing after the solstice into uh peak summer up here in the upper midwest and it's so weird how you can visually really see the significant changes i might have mentioned in a couple of podcasts of where i am there's a lot of farms and when they first planted the fields were still bare you know they were cultivated and ready to go and then they plant and you don't see anything 
And after about four days, you see these little shoots, just very, just a tinge of green on, on brown, you know, barren uh, land. And now the corn is up or whatever it is, the hay is up, or whatever they've planted is up. Various colors begin to appear in these different areas. And it's just idyllic. Uh, as I travel between small towns to go to this place or go to that place, sometimes 40 minutes, sometimes an hour, sometimes 15, 20 minutes, if we're just going over to the next little town over here to get ice cream or gas or something. And it's really cool. And I'm very grateful for all of that. But most nomads... Uh, have kind of a place where they bivouac during the summer. Now, if if you spend a lot of time in Arizona, depending on what time you decide you're going to go back to the Midwest or you're going to go back to Michigan, you know, you're going to go back to Canada, you're going to go back to uh, northern Minnesota or North Dakota, someplace usually in the Great White North, so to speak. So we come back up here, and of course, this is a wonderland during the summer. And summer is so short uh, as a season up here that it, it's just a, a truly magical experience to watch it transition from winter to high summer. And yet, soon it will hit that dog days where it's just hot every day and people are just praying for fall because people don't like the heat. I've spent so much time in the desert recently that I don't notice how hot it is. Like, it's not hot right now. We're sort of in a cool period right now. But but the other day it was like 95 and people were, were just wiping their brows and talking about how hot it was. And I was like, somebody said at the end of the day, God, it was 95 today. I don't even, I didn't even, I thought it was like 70. I had no idea it was that temperature. But at the same time, like probably many of my brethren, and I know I talked to a couple people. I talked to my friend Robert uh, via text today. He was um, saying that he was restless. He's doing a build. He's doing a trailer build. And uh, he's got to get that done before he can go. And he's just, you could tell he's just chomping at the bit. I am still getting repairs done, a couple things that I have to do. There's just little things, and so parts have to be ordered, so I have to wait for the parts to come in and then take the truck over and have things done. So I have to make appointments, and there's a few things I have to do. And I'll, I'll t- I took the truck out today and traveled down into the Twin Cities to... So I'm, I'm testing, seeing where we're at with these various things that we've done, and I'm having the mechanics do, and I'm, I'm, I'm just checking on everything and and it's very interesting how as the season changes the and it's beautiful here the mental process that I'm going through is at the same time I'm starting to run checklists in my head of do I have this what else do I need to do I have to do this I have to do this I have to do this and really almost feeling anxious about getting on to getting those things done because soon it will be time to go. Now, if you if you haven't been listening or if you have, you may not have you not remembered that my plan is to leave here in about 30 days, give or take. And so 30 days it would be somewhere around the 20th. Well, 
maybe the last week of July. I'll be here probably till the last week of July. I'm debating on whether to go the last week of July or go the first week of August. My uh, hard hard date is I have to be in New Hampshire on the 16th of September. I have to be in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and I have a friend in Manchester. So the plan is to go visit him for a while. I really don't want to wear out my welcome, so I don't really want to stay there for two weeks. So the plan is to leave somewhere around the the end of July, early August, and begin to make my way from Wisconsin, and I'm in western Wisconsin, over to New Hampshire. Now, I made this trip a couple of years ago, and I went uh, literally across right underneath all the Great Lakes. This time, I'm going to go, I'll just go south. So what I'm planning on doing is going down to somewhere around Dubuque or Fairfield, Iowa, and then cutting across the country and then sort of angle up through Indiana and Ohio into western Pennsylvania and then up into upstate New York. I have to stop and pick up a power station and then on to New Hampshire. And I haven't looked at the maps, so I haven't really taken my time to look through, uh, you know, look for campgrounds and try to figure out where I want to stay. I'll save that because I'm so restless right now that if if I um, start doing that now, it's going to be very it's going to be very hard to last another 30 days. That's kind of where I'm at. The only thing that holds me here right now is. You know, the 4th of July obviously is coming up, and I am directly across from where the fireworks are going to be shot from, so that's really exciting. So we we have a, on this lake, I say we because I'm not doing it, but there's a guy across the lake who uh, every year puts on a, just a, an amazing world-class fireworks display from his property, which is directly across from where I'm sitting. And I'm looking forward to, to doing that. But you can hear in my voice that I am, I'm really antsy, really restless. And I kind of want to get to, to, to where that's come, where I'm coming from on that. And I, I was saying that most of the people I know that are nomads, you know, we have some place where we go. There's some people are out trekking around. They're visiting all the national parks and the, and doing the whole summer thing. I did that last summer. I did a lot of camping around Colorado and uh, Utah last summer, and it was great. It was really a lot of fun, you know, because I figured, well, get, fuel is still expensive. I didn't want to go too far. I had to go up to uh, Salt Lake to have them check out my truck, and I thought I knew I needed some new tires and some other stuff, and I thought, well, I'll take care of that stuff on the road. And I had a really good time just kind of wandering around, looking for campsites. I, you know, west of Fort Collins, there's some, I don't even remember the name of that highway, but there are some amazing campgrounds up there. And they were oddly not very crowded. So uh, I learned uh, last summer, and I kind of knew this anyway, but if you hit those campgrounds early in the week, generally speaking, even in the summer, uh, you can get you know, some pretty good spots. And then what you do is you just, you just lock them down for six or seven days if you can. And if you have to move, well, you have to move. But 
I, I really enjoyed trying out a bunch of different camps. I went to Moab. Uh, I went all up and down the Colorado, uh, went into the mountains, went to visit some friends in Snowmass, and then came back down through Utah and went up into King's Crossing. And then I kind of ran out of places to go, so then I went to the Grand Canyon. And then finally headed down to Quartzsite, and I got there. It was way, way too early. I got there like... I want to say it was like almost, I'd be, I'm not going to say it was August, but I think it might have been. It was like the end of August, early September. So I sat down there from September all the way through till, uh, till uh, the end of March when I had to leave and come up here. And I have been sitting here from, you know, early, late March, uh, early April to now, and we'll be sitting here for another you know, close to 30 days. So there's not much gallivanting. And a lot of that was driven by fuel prices. And also, I'm changing a little bit in terms of how I travel. We'll talk about that in the second half of this podcast. Can't let a podcast go without mentioning my guys at 36 Lynn, the independently owned and operated refueling station in South Minneapolis, 36th Street South and Lindale Avenue South. It's kind of an attraction because they have tons of locally sourced food and other stuff in the store. The thing with uh, independently owned and operated refueling stations slash convenience stores these days in that industry is really turning the stores into something special. So what are the pillars of that effort with 36 Lint? First of all, community involvement. They have been down with the community since the get-go. So before that became, you know, they were country before country was cool. They were part of the neighborhood, uh, which is uh, Lynn Lake, since I can remember. And they've done really fun things like Gremlin Fest. I don't know if they do that anymore, but they've had concerts where they put bands on top of the roof and a bunch of other stuff. So they've done a lot of community involvement stuff, and they're continuing that, which is so important in that part of town in Minneapolis uh, over the last few years for obvious reasons, uptown Minneapolis and uh, Lynn Lake. And the second pillar would be the fact that independent refueling stations get a better deal on fuel. They can pass the savings on to customers, so you get a better deal on fuel. And the third thing is the stuff in the store. So whether it's burritos or coffee, uh, there was a whole, they did a whole thing on Peace Coffee and what they have and the types of coffee they have. And they're really working to do that. So all of those three things, and then they bring it all together with their Instagram feed, which is, I think, 36Lin, at 36Lin. So check them out on Instagram. And um, thanks for stopping by and saying hello and checking out the store at 36Lin. 36Lin, the independently owned and operated refueling station in South Minneapolis. Look at their banner at the top of the page at the bobdavispodcast.com or check them out online at 36lin.com. I hearken back to this whole process of, and I'm not going to get, I'm not going to give you the full process of the story because I don't want to keep doing that every time I bring this up. But suffice it to say that I traveled in spurts since 2014 extensively actually since before that when i had my crown vicks my old cop cars i still did speed runs and stuff like that i really enjoyed traveling by car then i got mobile podcast man which is this ambulance i traveled in fits and starts and finally decided 
coming home from Michigan a couple, like in 2020, in the summer of 2020, and asking myself, why am I coming home and why am I paying rent and why am I, you know, trying to maintain an on-the-road lifestyle and a home lifestyle at the same time, made the decision it was time to get out and, and hit the road permanently, which is what I've done. The first year of travel was almost this frenetic go from border to border, coast to coast, two or three different times, crisscrossing the country, visiting friends, going here, going there. Uh, and I enjoyed it. It was great. But it was a whole different kind of travel. So what it's kind of morphed into is is now, partially because of the fuel prices, which isn't as, as pressing a... Uh, concern right now part of it was also uh i just can't keep i don't think i'm getting enough i don't think i'm getting anything out of this because i spent a lot of time camping in walmart parking lots and uh, and truck stops which i really enjoyed to tell you the truth but now uh i've reached the point where i i don't really want to be in an urban environment i don't really want to camp at a truck stop unless i'm in transit I'm, I'm starting to really enjoy finding campgrounds and places and spending time where I am. So not saying, okay, I'm going to be here one night. This is the reason to take more time going from, uh, uh, you know, western Wisconsin to uh, New England this summer, late summer, because uh, I don't want to be pressed into driving over there in six days or four days or whatever, you know, the frenetic pace used to be. Because you don't really, it's a different, I think there's something to just what I refer to as gallivanting. And, and you guys know what I'm talking about, where you just like, I'm going here, I'm going there, I got this, I got that, I got to go see these people, I got to go see those people, I have to be here, blah, 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 blah. And in a way, all you see is the is the uh, is the is the towns and places going by, and you really don't stop and camp and get to know people. And I'm not very good at that. I was just remarking to a friend up here that well, I'm terrible at relationships. I don't. <laughs> I, it's, they are a mystery to me, in a way, and I I have to work at it. And I've learned to do that uh, as a nomad. I've learned to ask questions and learn about people's lives and get to know them. And I've enjoyed learning that, but it's still uh, not easy for me to, I, and I don't know why that is. I'm not uh, probably some kind of family of origin thing where I, I uh, kind of struggle with relationships. I think it's because I'm very much uh, an empath and I pick up people's energy and it gets all twisted around in my head and I can't tell where I end and they begin. And so the whole relationship thing is a, is a mystery in a way. And I have to work at it. And I think that's the reason why there's a tendency for me, if the fuel is cheap to go, 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 when maybe what I should be doing is slowing down and stopping. So this, as I go into the this is the third year of, of travel. So October will be my third year anniversary. So as I go into the fourth year of nomad life, which means, you know, 24-7 year round being on the road, essentially. So I'm living in my truck. I'm not living in the cabin. I'm not 
in the lap of luxury. To me, it's the lap of luxury because I can go take a shower anytime I want and I don't have to pay for it. Or go steal some, you know, peanuts from up, up at the cabin or something like that. Uh, but I spend all my time down here on this lake uh, in front of the fire for the most part. So I'm outside and, and, and uh, I find it very difficult to be in a house. I find it uh, nerve-wracking. Uh, I get, I get, I'm almost allergic to being in a house for any length of time. And so when the truck was, was, you know, locked up at the, at the mechanic's place for a week and a half, almost two weeks, I was going stir crazy in the house. I mean, how much television can you watch? This, what has become my TV is this fire and whatever's going on in the lake, especially at sundown and just kind of enjoying this sort of twilight golden hour. Or the middle of the night when I sit out here all night and and uh, do podcasts or you know watch stuff on YouTube. Um, I'm putting a log on the fire real quick. So being outside for me is really normal, and so I I I find it difficult to be in a house. But at the same time, I don't want to just be driving all the time, and I don't want to be going from point A to point B all the time, because really, you're going nowhere. So I, I got that out of my system the first year. So here's the goal. Uh, as we begin the first season of uh, the uh, late 23, early 24 travel period, I, I want to start... And I'll state it as a goal. I want to start having... How can I put this? I want to start having kind of a more meaningful experiences. Uh, I've had some great experiences, truly meaningful experiences, camping with, with people that I didn't know, that I, that I've become really good friends for two, almost three years now, uh, you know, during the winter in Arizona. So... I'm not making a value judgment about those experiences. But what I'm saying as a goal is that I want to I want to go someplace where I can do yoga for 3 months. I want to go someplace where uh, I can learn something. I want to go someplace where I'm going to I'm going to add uh, enrich my life in more of an organized fashion. Some people go hiking you know, some people uh, go to spectacular places and spend time uh, backpacking or spectacular places like uh, Yellowstone or something to that effect. They put state parks and national parks on their list. And I, I used to poo-poo that, you know, or laugh at it because I'm kind of a jerk. <laughs> but uh, I can understand why people do that. I, it's funny. I, I can understand why people do that because there's a fulfillment that comes from uh really getting out and you know i'm i'm in a i wouldn't call this a residential area this is a rural area mostly farms but then people on the lake so i'm not in the middle of nowhere i am if you're from chicago this is the middle of nowhere but there are people that go out and they go way out and that can be fulfilling uh, unto itself so i get it whereas before I didn't get it. But loosely thinking and planning is where can I go, what kinds of places can I visit that uh, are, are going to provide a basis for a much stronger content, 
and that's not the first consideration, but it's the first thing that comes to mind and a more meaningful experience than just going to point for, I have to go here for this, like a wedding or a funeral, or I have to, uh, I want to go see friends because I want to see so-and-so. I want to say, okay, there's this place I want to go to, I don't know, in the mountains of New Mexico, for example, let's say, or northern Arizona that's supposedly, and I'm not talking about Sedona, I'm saying a place where they do something and I want to go check it out. One of the reasons I started doing this was to kind of get to know this country. And it is like peeling an onion because you, your perceptions driving through a place are one thing. Your perceptions, if you stay there for a while, are something completely different. I rolled through Quartzsite, I don't know how many times over the last 10 years, probably two or three times, didn't really even notice it. And then found myself camping out and getting to know people in Quartzsite and having an experience, both locals as well as campers. So I got a little slice of life in Quartzsite. The same with Holtville, California, or Big Bear, a couple of times going up there and spending some time there, uh, and other places that I've been to that uh, I've I've. Uh, Colorado, just the whole state of Colorado. I went to that place called, well, I call it Shambhala. I'm not supposed to name it. But uh, a town, which is just a, an old mining town in, uh, in Colorado that is just populated with just uh, young people trying to put together something. And I really appreciated spending time there and without judgment, being able to experience what they're doing. So we live in a world, and I'll just close with this, you know, we live in a world where we are constantly, in some way, shape, or form, exhorted to categorize every experience and every person that we meet. So this is a person who's a fill-in-the-blank. This is a place that's fill-in-the-blank. And it's usually a categorization. My friend Don says that we do that because human beings need to categorize and uh, collate in order to understand and make judgments. It's, it's, a, it's a basic human uh, process by which we survive, knowing that we're in a place with the following things or this type of person or whatever. And it's, it's got to an extreme in this country because of so much uh, I guess I'll say media. I don't want to make, I'm not one of these people that wants to make the media the bugaboo about everything. You know, the butt of every joke and the reason that uh, the Western, the decline of, of uh, Western society is the media. But the nature of the technology that we use tends to force people into categories. So therefore, it becomes much easier for us as travelers to say, I want to be with people that I identify with. So I want to hang with this type of person. I don't want to hang with that type of person. But when you suspend judgment and just say, I want to hang with people. I don't care what their quote unquote orientations are. And I want to see, I want to observe and I want to see what they're up to. Because that's how, I'll just speak for myself. The thing I have learned is that's how I learn and develop a deeper understanding of what it is the people are doing. Some people will say, I don't like country people. Other people will say, I don't like city people. I don't like cities. You'll hear it. I don't, I don't like cities anymore. 
I might find myself spending some time in a city someday. And I don't want to be put in a position where I have to say, I don't like cities, therefore, this is going to be difficult for me. I want to be able to say, hey, I went to this place and I hung out with these people in the city and it was kind of cool, you know. Or this is what I learned. Because this is how you learn and this is how you develop an understanding of what's really going on in this country. It's so hard to determine what the reality is today because the tools that we use to quote-unquote determine reality tend to be on the phone or what I call the phone, but, you know, the screen through some tool as opposed to direct experience. So I want to have more meaningful direct experiences and I don't want to just sit in one place. This was a special thing this year, coming here and being here. I don't, I didn't plan. I planned on coming up here and spending maybe a month. So now I'm going to be here for, you know, quite a long period of time. I don't think I'll do that again. So these don't have to be whole summer long experiences unless I want to extend them. Then that's fine. I want to be able to go and do things. And for me, it's just not an, I don't, I'm not going to say I don't want to go to Lassen. I've been to Lassen. You can't, you can't camp in Lassen. You can camp in the, down on the, before you go up the hill, but, uh, you know, or let's say Moab or any of these wonderful national parks that we have to take my time. So we'll see. And, you know, this is just the early stages of planning this and figuring out, you know, what I want to do and where I want to go and how I want to do. And on the way back over to New England, I will be covering some areas that I have before but at the same time, you know, if you've been through a place before, it gives you a chance to kind of get to know. And that was one of the things I was doing last summer is I want to spend time in individual states more and camp around and get to know those individual states, uh, you know, uh, attractions and locations where you can go. So uh, lots to think about. I am getting restless. You can tell I'm getting ready to go. I haven't cracked the maps I'm probably going to just because, but I'm looking forward to uh, to travel at the end of the summer, heading over to New England, and I'm getting restless. So I have uh, a couple of things I want to thank. So this is going to be a little bit longer than normal, but I want to thank a couple of different people. First of all, I'm getting starting to get more subscribers on uh, YouTube. And getting donations from some of the people uh, from YouTube. So I want to say thanks to all of you. First of all, um, thank you for subscribing to the Bob Davis Podcast on iTunes. Thank you for subscribing to the Bob Davis Podcast YouTube feed. Those are my primary concerns. Instagram, Facebook, I, you know, I, I do have a couple of Facebook pages, um, I don't know how much longer I'm going to have them. That's really almost a subject for another podcast. But I do appreciate the people that follow me on Facebook. And what I'm doing is really transferring a lot of my mojo to YouTube. There's no question that the audio portion of this effort will continue because I'm an audio guy. That's We're never going to get rid of that. But I'm kind of excited about YouTube in a, in a lot of ways uh, in terms of the platform 
for building up feeds for the Bob Davis podcast. So you're always being exhorted on YouTube by me to go visit thebobdavispodcast.com or iTunes and subscribe to the Bob Davis podcast because I want people to take the audio podcast feed. I do have a lot of people to thank who have supported me uh, over the last few years and currently, so we're to do that right now. First of all, thanks again to Jeffrey Dunn for 25 bucks. Really appreciate that, Jeffrey. I uh, want to thank Travis Sitard for continuing payment. I can't see the message for some bizarre reason right now, so I don't know how much it was, but it doesn't matter. Thank you, Travis. I really appreciate your support. Old friend Mindy Collins, thank you so much for uh, $20. Really appreciate your continued support. She is amazing. Brandon Sabata, thank you. Many of you don't know, if you go to the BobDavisPodcast.com, you look under the picture of Mobile Podcast Command. If it's on a computer, it'll be on the right-hand side of the screen. If you're on a phone slash screen, when you scroll to the bottom, you'll see the picture of Mobile Podcast Command and a donate uh, button. Click on that donate button, and that will take you to the donate window. You can donate whatever you want uh, one time only, or you can set up a monthly donation. And um, I'm pretty sure that Brandon Sabata was one of the first YouTube people to do that. So thank you so much for that. Robert Myers sent me 20 bucks. Thank you, Robert. He said, uh, Bob, I have my fingers crossed for a recession as well. He is a guy. He's the guy from Our Heroes Headstones. And he has an Instagram page and Facebook page where they, they go around and, uh, and, and feature uh, guys who served and their, at their, um, you know, their um, grave sites, which is really cool. Thanks to Katie Davis for $250. That was awesome. Recently, I um, uh, did a thank you for um, $50 from Matt Ashley. And Matt, really appreciate it, from Triton Commerce. Uh, they do great website stuff, so I'll just mention that uh, as an aside. And thanks, man. And that's pretty much it for now. I really appreciate the, uh, the support from almost everyone, whether it's just subscribing or sending a donation. I don't expect you, if you subscribe, to send me a donation. If you do, it's just great, and, and it goes right in the tank. So I really appreciate that. Uh, again, also, the subscriptions on YouTube and uh, Instagram, and of course, at thebobdavispodcast.com or iTunes, Google Podcasts, um, let's see where else, where, wherever podcasts are sold is what I like to say, but you know, uh, there's a lot of podcast aggregation services. Podbean comes to mind. Obviously, uh, I am feeding, uh, Google podcasts and Spotify as well. And thanks again for listening to the Bob Davis podcast podcast 1104 podcast 1104, the Bob Davis podcasts. <gasps> Bob.